podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Nat Coombe Show is brought to you in association with the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. The first chance to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, the 27th of August, 2022, is through their pre-sale on Friday, the 19th of November. So visit collegefootballisland.com to sign up now for exclusive access. That's collegefootballisland.com. Head on over and sign up. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Good to have you with us, Gag. Week 10 in the books and what a week 10 it was. How about those 49ers on Monday Night Football shutting up the Rams and all their Super Bowl chat for the time being anyway. And they suddenly back in the playoff race. The Titans keep on winning despite, I mean, they had a lot of lucky breaks against New Orleans, but hey, the Titans who needs Derek Henry, right? They are rolling to eight and two. They got a good run in as well. What about those Patriots? Hey, I remember somebody not too far away from me right now bigging up the Patriots playoff chances before the season started. And now everybody's on that gravy train as well. So much to get into. Cam's return. It was all happening, wasn't it? So let's get straight down to business with the brilliant, the one, the only Iron Mike. Ladies and gents, in the words of the great Slim Shady, guess who's back? I thought, you know, when I saw wait when minute, I saw the headline. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What was what was that? That was my that Raise was my mic. that was my Chucky. I'm back. My okay. Iron Mike's back okay. for another week. But you know, I thought it was going to be Ch- Chucky saying I'm back. You know, and he is back because he's in the news again, and and the NFL and their. Uh, their uh, 43 man roster, active roster of lawyers is probably shaking in their boots that John Gruden's going to sue them. But anyway, Gruden, where's Gruden going to end up? Is he going to end up? Will he land a broadcast gig? You know, you know Hollywood, America loves a, you know, a comeback story, a forgiveness. Hey, I'm sorry. Kind of, is that going to happen? With it's him? an interesting one because I, I, I honestly feel right now that he's not going to end up anywhere connected with NFL, you know, another NFL broadcast gig. He's probably got out of that one. Um, Jeopardy host, maybe. <laughs> There's an opening, isn't there? <laughs> I mean, that would be host. that would be where, yeah, that you know, he'd make a good game show host. Uh, I can see him on a shopping channel shilling stuff. Oh, that would that would be that would be the absolute bottom. But yeah, um, Cam Newton was back. I thought it was a great story. Um, I didn't realize that he had been flagged because I, I was actually doing hockey. And so I had to catch up on, um, but the celebration um, on the, uh, on the, uh, all the, well, the games I was watching, I was watching highlights and um, yeah, no, but you're saying he got flagged for the celebration. He got flagged for the celebration because he took his helmet off, you know, yeah. but I, I said, you know, watching it, I thought he was going to get flagged for um, taunting the entire NFL. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. well apart from the patriots you know who because bill and he has only nice things to say about bill and bill had only nice things to say about him and mm. uh you know he was he was cut it was a business decision as they knew i think it's a great pickup for carolina i love it do you think he can parlay this into a starting gig next season well you know it obviously it depends on how well he plays now. When when you watch the second touchdown, the pass, he, it still looks like he's not really throwing naturally in rhythm, you know. And and so who knows about that? But he's certainly going to be a good influence on PJ Walker, and he's probably better than PJ Walker right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets to play there, and Carolina is the perfect place for him. I, I think I said this like week weeks ago um, when it was obvious to you know most most people that Sam Dar- the Sam Darnold experiment had failed. They mm. they he played well in the three games against bad teams, and then then everything adjusted, and he played back to being Sam Darnold. So um, I, I think would, somewhere I would keep like- him. Somewhere, uh, somewhere in the world, there is a band of 17 year olds playing kind of an alternative <laughs> left field vibe called the Sam Donald experiment. I, I'm, I hope there is. Please let good us name, know. Good name yeah, for a band. A, a good name for a band. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, hey, and go just ahead. On, um, just on uh, the whole Cam Newton's a good fit for Carolina. 
how different is the offense now compared to when he was a starting quarterback a few years back? Well, when he was a starter a few years back, they were they were heavily run or with Ron Rivera. They were heavily run oriented, you know, mm-hmm. and um, um, James Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, if I remember right. Um, right. God, you know, they, they yeah. won two um, and Cam, of course, who, who ran an awful lot. And that's, yeah. you know, the injuries that that he acquired from that were what slowed him down afterwards. Now, of course, it's it's Christian McCaffrey. But when you think about it, Cam and Christian McCaffrey are a great pair mm. because, you know, not only can you run a lot of option kind of stuff with McCaffrey and the, and the pitches outside, but McCaffrey's a great um, catcher of the ball out of the backfield and short routes, which Cam can throw, you know, um, pretty, pretty well. And uh, it, it gives them that en- extra dimension that the PJ Walker doesn't. I mean, and I like PJ Walker, but, you know, he's got, he's obvious, got, obviously got limitations. Um, and, uh, they're, they're going to be exposed if they have to keep with him as the starter for a long time. He's kind of like a, it's hard. I don't want to, I don't want to put Baker Mayfield totally in the same category, but he's one of those passers who, who can't really see downfield, who needs to be playing in play action, needs to be rolling out quite a bit. He's a good runner, a pretty good runner. He was a temple at least, um, but uh, but not not great at the NFL level. So so he's got his limitations, and he's not a really accurate passer. Um, long time, and that's that's what holds him back more than anything else. So Heineke is a pretty accurate passer, especially when he gets into rhythm. Um, and uh, I will just point out in passing because there's not much else to say about the the game apart from the Jets have given up. Rufus is quiet. The Jets have given up 90, 90 points in the last two games, but uh, Mike White reverted back to yeah, Mike White. Uh, that, you know, uh, it's sad. It, it was sad. But, you know, as soon as you make any any team, and this is one of the themes, I think, of the NFL right now, is as soon as you make a team one-dimensional, um, they're, they're in trouble. Uh, right. You know, if you had a theme of this week, it would be ball control. And the teams that had ball control tended to win. Oh, that's a perfect segue into, into Monday Night Football. Let's start there because – uh, speaking of back, the 49ers look like they're back. They're certainly back winning at home again, which has been a, been a while. Mike, let's start with the, the Rams offense, right? It's been off kilter for the last couple of weeks. Robert Woods' absence is a, is a big part of it, but is there more to it than that? Well, I heard Mike Greenberg, and and for the first I don't know what twenty minutes of the game, it was it was his his whole sole commentary sole commentary function was to tell you whether or not Odell Beckham was in the game, and if so, where he was lined up. <laughs> right. um, and there is slightly more to football than OJ, OBJ's presence on the field, as it turned out. Um, it slowed but, him down, though, didn't it, OBJ? And they were making that point on comms: the fact that McVay couldn't roll the hurry up because they had yeah. to tell Beckham what the what the play yeah ex- exactly, and and that's one of the things Robert. Woods, you know, is very good. You understand the idea of getting Odell Beckham. I'm not sure the reality of getting Odell Beckham was quite so as important as everybody seemed to be trying to make make out um, that it was. And they got beat up. They got beat up on both sides of the line. Um, their defense, their defense, they, you know, there's Von Miller on one side of the ball is Beckham. On the other side is Von Miller. Uh, f- four years ago, you're a superstar team. Um, but their defense. So you're is not buying. You're not buying, rush. you're not buying Miller. Well, no, but he's limited. I think I said he, you know he's going to be a pass rush specialist. He's yeah. not going to be an every down linebacker for them. I don't think. Um, and I think I said that last week or the week before. But that can work and for them, right? It can work, but at the same time, what the Niners did was simply run the ball, control the clock. Um, mm-hmm. And then their play action game worked really well. And to be fair, Debo Samuel, you know, it, it Greenberg should have been telling you where Debo Samuel was lined mm. up because he ran the ball five times, um, you know, and they got him and Kittle. Yeah, it, it's a two man offense, basically. Yeah, because but they run and they they run and run and then they get uh, Kittle and, and Debo on on play action, running those crossing routes. And, and Jimmy G was, you know was taking full advantage of this. The one thing I hadn't realized. Well, Mike, I, just on Debo, because we need to give him, pay him some lip service because we haven't really on, on the show. We talked about him briefly last week that, you know, obviously he's having a prolific season, but he's clearly not a conventional number one receiver, but that doesn't seem to matter at all in terms of his output. 
Yeah. And, you know, he, you can, you can throw to him deep. I mean, they, they don't always run him on crossing patterns, but, mm. but that's his, that's his primary function with Kendrick Bourne gone. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's his best function, but, you know, he, he's, he's got all the talent uh, of a, of a receiver that, that you need. I think he's just a, a tremendous player. And what I didn't realize I should have, because it just slipped my mind, whatever, but, you know, Shanahan is now won the last five, games over over Sean McVay who right. used to be his assistant coach and I think he he kind of knows what what McVay wants to do and, and can take that take that away from him um but they they basically out physical them and and the ward in the ward uh pick six changed mm-hmm. the tone of that game quite a bit but they Big were time. getting far more pressure on Stafford than than um than the Rams were getting on Jimmy G because you couldn't really. And it wasn't like they were running through them like some 49ers teams do, you know, with Moss when Mostert was there and whatever, mm-hmm. but, but um, they were controlling the clock, which is in some ways more important. You know, I, I think they averaged under four yards a carry, but that didn't matter because it forced the Rams to be playing run defense. And that gave Jimmy Garoppolo more time to throw. Does this put the 49ers back in the, in the playoff hunt, do you think, this win? Well, the way things are going, yeah. I mean, they're four and five. Um, and looking at the way teams are beating each other in the NFC, what, 10 and seven, nine and eight? 10 and seven is going to get you into the playoffs, I think. Mm. So, you know, it, it's a small margin now. They can only really afford to lose a game or two more. And in that division, obviously, it's 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 a tough division um, and balance. But, yeah, you know, Seattle Seattle don't look like a threat right now. And um, Arizona's having having their problems. Although right. when, Ky- when Kyler Murray, um, you know, is, is at full speed, they should be better. But, I mean, we talked last week, I think, about Colt McCoy, you know, and, and, and the thing about how your backup can, you know, for one, you want him to be really good for one game, yeah. but it catches up to you. He's a backup for a reason, you know. Right. And, and again, when, when Carolina went ahead and you force Colt McCoy into an mm-hmm. I've got to pass situation, that, you know, that, that's um, bad Colt. We saw bad Colt. Yeah. What about, you mentioned Seattle. Let's, let's go there. Let's, let's jump around a bit. So Seattle. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was uh, devastating, not least for uh, for John Jackson, who uh, listeners to the show who listen to our coverage on TalkSport 2 will know he's a, he's a TalkSport uh, voice. And he was over in Green Bay for the game. We spoke to him on the show on Sunday, Mike, and it was it's a snow game. It's it's, you know, a dream come true. It's going to be one of the the great sporting moments of my life. And then, and then the footage appeared on screen and there wasn't any snow at all. And then it proceeded yeah. to be one of the worst football games of the season. There was a little snow toward the end, I guess, you know, because sure. they got bored with the game. So you had to have some. Had to have right. Now that game, what I wanted to see in that game, basically, and I'm, I'm amazed Pete Carroll hadn't, hadn't prepared for this or thought for this, but they need to have a sort of double zero Jersey mm-hmm. um, for the Seahawks and a mask. And so when DK Metcalf got thrown out of the game, instead of trying to get back into the game, which was pretty stupid in the first place, he goes back to the locker room and yeah. he puts on the double zero Jersey, he puts on the mask and then the masked receiver comes out. I love it. And the, announce, the announcer going, who is that? The, who who's the guy? masked receiver? <laughs> Genius. Please make that happen. I might uh, look glass half full. I guess the Seahawks will be happy with the way their defense played. Uh, they, well, the they'll be happy that they got out of Green Bay. Yeah. They're, they're happy they got out of Green Bay as well with all that snow. But they're happy the way the defense played because it's the much maligned Seahawks defense, of course. Uh, but the offense showed nothing. Was that down to Wilson still being banged up and being rushed back? Or was there, you see more to it than that? I mean, it's not necessarily that he's still injured, although the possibility, I think, is a strong one. Um, but also came back so quickly, Mike. Also, I mean, a bu- also a bit rusty. Um, right, you know, right. have, having not played. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny because having just talked about Colt McCoy, you know, Gino didn't do a bad job as a backup yeah, um, yeah. F- for them. And if you hold the Packers to 17, you would kind of expect to win. You would certainly expect to cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which they, which they, which they didn't do, but they couldn't run the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that, that was a real problem for them because you're not going to, so the green Bay, as um, what have they scored? Twenty four points in the last 
two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- they got 10 more with Rogers than they did without. That's hot um, take. <laughs> yeah. That's my hot, that's my hot yeah. take. Um, I know Aaron Jones though, of course he's tall in his MCL. So that's, that's a big blow. Let, let's that's swing. huge. That's yeah. absolutely huge for them. They don't have a replacement for Aaron Jones. They don't. Uh, I mean the, so where does that, in terms of their trajectory for the rest of the season and bringing the, the other NFC players in the mix, because you've, you've touched on the cards and they're obviously in a bit of bother until they get Kyler and D hot back the bucks. Well, let's get into what happened then Dallas, on the other hand, they're back in, in business. So how's that all shaking out? Are the, are the Packers with the Jones loss, are they dropping down a little bit now in terms of how you think that? I think they, I think they have to be, I mean, their defense is playing really well. Joe, I, I've never really given Joe Barry a lot of credit as a defensive coordinator, but I have to say that they have played really well uh, so far this season. And the last the last two weeks, they've you know they've they've been really good. No points for Seattle. What was it uh, thirteen for for um, the Chiefs? Yeah. So they're in a division that they ought to win regardless. Um, Minnesota is, could still create some problems. Um, you know, they can play they can play defensively, but. Um, They'll probably so they probably make the playoffs, but right now with everything in um, everything is kind of in chaos. And I thought, or I wrote, you know, in the column last week that there was the halfway point of the season. Things were starting, you know, they would start to now um, shape up. And instead of that, the diametric we, opposite has happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although what I did say was, you know, was what we were seeing was this time of possession thing where, you know, it's, it's become really incumbent on teams to, to control the ball if they can, which is what we saw from Washington in particular against Tampa. Tampa made mistakes early. Washington took a lead. And then in the fourth quarter, when you think, okay, here comes Tom Brady in a comeback, they ran that amazing 19 play drive. They basically burned off, burned off the, you know, the whole uh, fourth quarter of Tampa and, and the best way still um, the best way to stop the on fire offenses and great quarterbacks is to keep them off the field. And, sure. you know, and that's the formula I think for a, a team, although in the Tampa game and Brady looked rusty <laughs> and all they'd had was one, one week off. Um, I thought losing Vita Vea. Yes. I know you're will, a big fan of his is more, much more serious than, than WTF losing uh, Chase Young. Um, and I don't know, I haven't seen, you know, the, the final injury report, whether he'll be back, but you remember last year, right. Tampa, Tampa was, um, they came back, I think in five, he had the last five weeks yeah. of the season. Ooh, that's right. About 12, wasn't it? Week 11, yeah. 12. December basically. And that, that to me was the single biggest turnaround point. Mm. But, but I was thinking yesterday or not yesterday, Sunday, that Tampa is like an NBA team. Mm. it's like LeBron James resting in March, you know, to, to get ready for yes, April. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody, everybody should believe that when Gronk comes back, when Antonio Brown comes back, the offense starts to be a lot more consistent at that point. But if they is out, their defense sometimes has looked this, this season really great, which is what they, they should be or really good. But without that secondary, the secondary is in tatters right now. Exactly. So without the, without the front four, that secondary is going to really be exposed. And that's right. a problem. Well, the good news on that is that it's not as serious as, as they first suggested. A slight MCL sprain is, is how they've, uh, uh, how they've uh, described <laughs> it. So he could even be back for the Giants uh, next week. I wouldn't, uh, rush, I wouldn't rush him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, based on what you just said, that makes perfect sense. So yeah. just on the offense and, and the, the lack of, of Gronk in particular and, and Brown, because that keeps coming up. But whenever Tampa splutters offensively, uh, this is what we hear, right? It's, well, you know, Brady's really missing them. So talk about the the impact of, of their, specifically their absence of both of those players to this Tampa offense. Yeah. What what it is, and, and it's Brady's circle of trust, basically. Right. It, when he needs a play, when he needs a th- on a third down, he needs a first down, or when they're in the red the red area and he needs the touchdown throw, he those are the guys he looks for. He'll call plays that put them in, try to get 
the two of them into man-on-man situations, and he knows they'll they'll be able to win those. Now, you know, anyone else looks at the team and says, "Well, Mike Evans, yeah, Mike Evans Godwin. can do that." Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, that Scotty Miller. Uh, you know, did you used to be Scotty Miller? Um, <laughs> He's you know, still playing it, for them, right? I'm not Bray- sure. Brayton Howard, you know, are, are yeah, all right. threats. So you ought to be able to overcome that. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's a deep-seated psychological thing, or maybe it's just the fact that defenses know this. I mean, Gronk in particular, but Brown, but Brown, you know, is, is the same. So defenses have to account for them, which gives Brady other options as well. And mm. so there's, there are fewer threats to account for. And, and right. if they don't have a running game working, which hasn't, which has been the case th- thus far this year, yeah. they, you know, like any team, they, when they become one defend one dimensional, they're, yeah. they're easier to defend. Uh, Gronk's blocking. How much are they missing that? In in terms of the run game, that's a big factor because even when he's not a receiver, he's like having a third tackle out there. Um, right. he's, he's one. He's the only of all the great tight ends. He's he's the one who is a um, a plus run blocker. I mean, Mackey and Ditka, you might go back to um, and say, but but you can put him on a defensive end one on one and not worry not worry about it. Um, Were you yeah, the same, he, Mike, when you played? Oh yeah, Christ. anyone. <laughs> they just put me on anyone. Put you on. <laughs> right, they're they're on their backs, you know. Um, <laughs> and so so yeah, I, I think that's 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 the key for them. But I don't think anybody doubts that they they will come back. Um, yeah, and you know Dallas is probably the team that looks the most in form this week <laughs> but, but last week they didn't sure. you know it's crazy denver beat dallas then denver yeah. go go back home and, and lose to um to carolina you know it's a it's a crazy week and the other the other theme i guess of the week besides um ball control you know and, and time of possession minnesota had 36 minutes against the chargers and you know and, and the reduced the chargers to um um to a, a one-dimensional team uh is extra points Yes, um, sure. you know, and and uh, my man Ryan Ryan Santoro. <laughs> oh, poor Ryan <laughs> has got all the attention. You know, he missed yeah. an extra point, which would have Detroit would have been a point up instead of being tied, and then he missed that field goal. And yeah. you know, a forty-eight is not a gimme, even in right. the NFL. But when you miss it, you're supposed to miss it better. <laughs> yeah. You know, so oh, just <laughs> right. miss, not no, yeah. blah, 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 you know, yeah. that, that it goes off. But nobody, you know, right. nobody's talking about um, what, what's his name, um, Brian Johnson. In New Orleans, he missed sure. two extra points. Yeah, yeah. Left it left them having to get a yeah. two point conversion. They they get the you know they go offside. They they have to go for the two point conversion from seven mm-hmm. yards out. And, and um, have you been you reading know. my notes, I Mike Carson? You'd be no. like cribbing, leaning over because no Kamara, no those two missed extra points. They were outgained again the Titans in total yardage considerably three seven three to two six four. The ground game was obviously what we're looking at now sixty six yards in total. The highest out of the three this running back by committee was former with two point seven per carry. So at some point is this going to catch up with Tennessee because everyone's bigging them up as the, the maybe they're the number one in the AFC right now. But are they uh, are they disguising, you know, disguising shortcomings at the moment, and it will catch up. With and they're them. doing a very good job of it. But yes, um, you know, I, I agree. And you know, it's like the Cleveland New England game, or sorry, um, the um, the Rams San Francisco game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jimmy Ward was um, vir- virtually the same as Kevin Byard. You know, right. you, you get that in, in interception, it changes the whole the whole balance of the game. Yeah. And and they've been good. They've been good at doing that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, everything is bouncing their way at the moment. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know how much longer that can, can that can continue. Well, but they're doing a great job of, of, of coaching and ga- game playing. But also, you know, having said that, the worst call of the week, the, the season the you know the worst call since 322 AD in in um, NFL history um you know on that roughing the passer that took away an interception um, oh ridiculous yeah you know, it just just terrible um, and and this is you know I've been talking now I'm I just call it the quantum NFL because you know what what we see is not what they see um and I I, I I'm, I'm words fail me in the, in this one you know it, you can't blame the game on that um, mm. but, but, you know, but it's it just, it's just symptomatic of what's going on. So the Nat Coombs show is brought to you in association with the Air Lingus College Football Classic and the first chance 
Iron Mike to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium Saturday the 27th of August 2022 is through the pre-sale Friday the 19th of November. That's this Friday, gang. Uh, visit collegefootballisland.com to sign up now for exclusive access. collegefootballisland.com you know, momentum, I mean, they're always marginal calls. Not always marginal calls, but they're often marginal calls because it's should be based on intent, right? It should be quite clearly this was a flagrant attempt to uh, take down the quarterback when you could have easily chosen not to, as opposed to momentum carrying you through. Is that Should that be the distinction that they look at? Or are you looking at it that even if it is, you're, you're trying to make a play honestly and you still take down the quarterback late? Well, that's just tough. Yeah, to- I, I mean, obviously it's subjective. But when they, when they say hit to the head and it's not, when they're saying hit to the head, they're saying they're they're basically saying it's not a late hit necessarily, but they're saying you, you know you it's can't a dangerous hit. hit. Yeah, it's a dangerous hit, and that wasn't either really. Right. Um, you know, I I was going to say if they had said you know late hit, I would have said well it not isn't really you know it's kind of almost borderline, but not mm. not quite. But but saying hit to the head is you know they called a they called a roughing the week before when when the rusher ran into the court and held him so he wouldn't fall down you know yeah. just just ran into him body to body you know yeah. with with his momentum didn't try to hit him or anything like that just yeah. put his arms out and held him so he didn't fall down they called that roughing you know and that that's just bizarre but um, a hypothetical situation where uh the defender takes down the quarterback late not ridiculously absurdly late but it is late uh, but, but not to your eye, the eye test in a vindictive way, not in a, in a malicious way that he was trying to make the play. You know, we see this on kickers, right, as, as yeah. well, and they'll get flagged, right? You know, where they're trying to make the play, they just mistime it a bit and take him down. Should that always be flagged? Should it be down to the decision of, of the ref that you don't think there was malicious intent? Or should it never be flagged when it's quite clearly motion that is causing it, not anything else? Well, the rule is pretty... It's a one step rule, basically. If you have to take if you take more than one step after the throw, that that's kind of that should be the 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 decider. And that's mm-hmm. quite simple, really. That's you know, that although you know, with some guys, <laughs> you know, it's like the throw and then the step and hit seems really deliberate, but you're allowed yeah. that you're allowed that one step. And mm-hmm. and you know, the NFL would say, well, we err on the side of caution, mm-hmm. but when Chris Boswell throws the ball, they don't err on the side of cop. <laughs> you know, it, it's like there, there just is no, there is no consistency, and that that's what the real problem. But I don't, I don't know how, given the subjectivity of all of all the rules. You know, same with interference, same with holding. Um, it's all subjective, so I don't know how you achieve consistency. Yeah. Okay. Let's. We talked a bit on the, the Titans. The one other question I've got for you on them, Mike, is how impressive the, the pass rush has been once again, of course, this week. Uh, and why you think that it is so significantly more effective than it was earlier in the season, and indeed how most people thought it would play out. The defense was meant to be one of the you know the weak link of this uh, of this Titans side, and particularly up front. Right, there's a lot of criticism about them going into the start of the season. Well. It actually was the back end, you know, um, but they picked up Bud Dupree, obviously, which made it made a change. I think well, I, got- I, I, you say it's the back end and Dupree, I know, is a player you like, but I, I've heard a lot of people saying this, you know, we all know what they can do offensively, but this there just isn't enough talent defensively to contend. Through. Well, they were. Yeah. And, and I agree. They they were bad last year. But, you know, you look, I think, is it Landry who's out now? But, you know, Dupree's presence made Landry better as well on, mm. on the outside and and the strength the strength was kind of the um the um the two inside linebackers uh Evans and um Smith Jalon 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 Smith um but you know I think I think the only difference is the you you see you see them kind of lining up more in, in four and and Jeffrey Simmons who's a great player is playing that way um and Autry has made a big difference and you know, and he so he's playing really well, and mm. and that that sets the tone the tone for them. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're banged up. So Evans, uh, David Long, uh, yeah, Long was Long had gone in um, and was starting in in place of uh, Jalen Smith, I think. Yeah, and, and yeah, playing yeah. and playing very well. 
there. I mean, they are pretty looking pretty banged up up front. And, so, and maybe that was maybe that was a, an upgrade um, overall. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I just can't see it lasting. You know, because mm. um, they've been they've been fortunate, I, I think, to take the last couple of wins. Um, but but keeping themselves in the game is part is part of that. And so you know, I Mike Vrabel, you could argue, was um, was playing really well. They they beat up the Rams. Um, la- last week, so that wasn't one of the fortunate wins. They got that by beating yeah, them sure. up up front, fair. you know. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, but this one, they were a little bit lucky, and and uh, you know, New Orleans is is in a tough situation. Uh, one thing yeah. I th- would think with New Orleans is that, and I, I I pinch myself hearing myself say this, but um, not no knock on Trevor Simeon, but the best way to use Taysom Hill. Mm is to give him a wider variety of plays to, to execute. In other words, if he comes in, they need to have him throw downfield a few times so that people, when he comes in, they don't automatically, you know, go to, oh, he's going to run a wildcat play or something like right. that. Right. Um, so it becomes predictable. Yeah. Uh, will they look to do that, do you think? I think so, yeah, because I, I think he does give um, – and Simeon played pretty well, but yeah. but the, the real difference – he was sacked four times as well. I mean, they, they got a lot of traction again. That was the difference, you know, and and he, the problem with Hill is that he gets sacked even more than that. You know, his his mm. ratio of pass attempts to sacks is, is really good. But if you, if you somehow make it a coaching point for him to get rid of the ball – you know, because um, in the fourth quarter, Simeon took a couple of sacks that took them out of field goal range. And, right. Um, back, back you know, yeah. you know, or 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 just not, you know, or or run run uh, single wing stuff, uh, pass plays for for Hill, and yeah, you know that that was that was their biggest problem there. Uh, and, and it's weird on a team that has lost Jameis Winston that you you know that sacks are your biggest problem. But, <laughs> right. But they're but Patriots. There you go. They're back in the race, I think, for the AFC East, aren't they? Because they've got the Bills twice coming up. So yeah, they, they do. And they're only a game, they're only a game behind. And yeah. the Bills, I mean, again, how do you tell how good you are against the Jets? My my mm-hmm. the thing that held me back from going all in on the pa- Patriots this week uh was simply when you looked at their wins, they were against the Jets and you know, and and other teams without great quarterbacking. And so, yeah, yeah, you wonder, you wonder, but Cleveland is more dependent on Nick Chubb, it turns out, than, than on Baker Mayfield. Um, and uh, I liked Dearness Johnson. He's great. He's a good and he, and he had a good game. But he had a good same. game, but he's not, he's not. And, and, you know, you can just see Bill Belichick asking, who's going to beat us on this team? You yeah. know, is Baker going to beat us? What, what we have to do, the one thing we have to do is keep Baker in the pocket because when Baker's in the pocket, He's not anywhere. Bad, near bad things happen, and yeah, and, and yeah, then blazing into a league because it was. I suppose on the offensive side of the ball, that it was interesting that we've seen a lot of attritional wins from the Patriots, and we've spoken in, in recent weeks about how the offense is forming an identity. It might not be the the most exciting to watch, but there is a clarity, a, a vision, and purpose, and which obviously particularly helps Mac Jones. He'd been quite poor though in the last couple of weeks, but was yep. superb against, uh, against the Browns. And they were a lot more exciting to watch Mac than they have been, I think all season long. Yeah. And part of it was the offensive line kept him relatively clean. Um, Cause he's, he's had his problems against the blitz as you'd expect from a rookie quarterback and Cleveland wasn't really able to generate a, a lot of pressure uh, from their, from their front four. Garrett got a sack, I think just one, but, but um, mm. he was amazingly accurate on difficult throws to, to receivers. Yeah. Um, born, you know, it looked like San Francisco, you know, born running yeah, across, right, crossing right. routes and um, Jacoby Myers finally got a touchdown, which should have been the headline story of the week. Um, yeah. He has the NFL record for most games playing as a wide receiver without a touchdown. Yeah, but he got it from Brian Hoyer, not, not from uh, Mac. Yeah. And they, you know, they didn't have Damian Harris, for example. So, you know, they're running, their number one running back was out, but mm. Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, let's talk Ramondre. I mean, um, and Brandon Bolden. You know, Bolden does this all the time. He comes in for just a few carries when the, because he has to, because he's the last guy on the on the run. And he always plays well. Takes he runs, care of business. He runs really hard. A straight line runner, but he runs really hard. And he did show a little bit of stop, start, find a hole. Um, and, and so that was great. But Ramondre, look, just God, it's he's hard to bring down. Do you think um, they're going to lean on him now more? Because he's had a bit of a mix bag as a, as a rookie particularly you know falling foul of uh, of Belichick with ball control yeah. you think he gonna- was in the fumble doghouse but so <laughs> so so was so was um Kendrick Bourne 
um, Kendrick Bourne. So was Damian Harris. You know, yeah. and, and you can get out of that. You, you, you can get saying. out of there. Yeah. yeah. But you, you can see it, you know, when he's running a couple of times, he you can see oh. him pull that yeah. second arm in to, <laughs> to hold the ball, which well, is, hey, it was. you know, it yeah, I, I think Bill's the, Bill's feeling is he'd rather sacrifice the additional three yards, uh, yeah. you know, on that then um, and not have a fumble. Um, so, so that's it. But yeah, I, it's a question. They, for you, they have you, to depend on him because they want to be a run first team. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're right. Yeah. And that, that, that's very much their density. So do you think that when Harris is back, how, you know, we never can never really second guess Belichick with running backs, but do you think they will continue to mix it up? Do you think oh, one yeah. of them will be the lead back? Like, oh yeah. yeah. No, keep, keep them relatively fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you didn't see any uh, JJ Taylor, who's the next, you know, the last guy on the list, basically mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's a small scat back type and yeah, okay. but just, just lacks, you know, just lacks um, maybe a maybe a little bit of burst and a little bit of strength um, at at this level. But but um, yeah, I, I would I would assume that when they're back, they'll share they'll share the carries when Harris is back um, yeah. and and be more efficient for it. Uh, and you know, I thought the offensive line with Trent, Trent Brown makes such a huge in both senses of the word difference um, when <laughs> yeah. he is there because they can everybody becomes a better uh, switching down. It, it upgrades. Um, it upgrades the, the overall, you know, or when you, I might even, <laughs> but it would take a few weeks, but, but I might even move Brown back to left tackle where he played in the, in the Super Bowl year against the Rams. Yeah. Um, move a when you to right tackle and play win at, at guard, um, which I think for win is probably a more natural position for, for him. It's, Why? It's what, because he's smaller. He's, he's, um, um, this is what they said in scouting coming out, you know, he's short and he's got relatively short arms and, and most, one of the big things for a tackle is size, you know, uh, the arms to keep the pass rusher off you, the size to make the pass rusher go around you. And, and he's a little bit, he's a little bit, uh, light in that department. He had a good game. Um, it, it must be said, but I wonder if the all overall line would be, would be stronger in that kind of an alignment. Interesting theory. We'll note that down. They might, they might mix it up that way. Uh, Mike, as a as a as a former college player, um, if you were, I don't know, obviously you were a tight end, as our listeners will know, not a running back, but let's just kind of role play a bit and you running back goes down and you you get the rock. Would you be more scared about fumbling with Bill Belichick as your head coach? <laughs> or would you be more scared fumbling the ball if it was Tom Coughlin? If yeah, on the spot right now, you're like, I'm Mike. No, I know you're not scared of much, I'm Mike, but Coughlin. You'd be more scared. Um, well, it depends. It depends on who you are. If you're a player they're committed to, mm. then it's probably about even. But if you're a backup player, Coughlin, because you'll be cut. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. I'm trying to remember. What was his name? Mac, the running back um, out of Temple, if I remember correctly. I can't remember his first name, though. He fumbled twice in a game and got cut. It got cut. And Fred Taylor then fumbled twice in a game a couple of weeks later and, of course, didn't get cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, you know, punishment only goes only goes so far. And, yeah. and it's not okay. It, it, one thing is... is Austin Mack? Was it Austin Mack? No, not Austin oh. Mack. No. Um, and it's one thing in, in the case oh, of... Um, yeah. In the case of pros, it's like it's your status as a player and your contract and all. In college, it's like, are you one of the coach's favorites <laughs> or not? Um, when we were in NFL Europe, that used to happen. Uh, we, we used to talk talk about that because if if a national player fumbled if if a german running back fumbled the coaches would go oh my god you know they don't know but then when the american guys fumbled it was like oh bad luck you know bad luck because <laughs> it's that preconceived idea of what you you expect um my most interesting question i think for the week is uh will the lions move on from ryan santoro and if so is it cody parkey <laughs> or Chris, time. cody parkey is for free agent and, and chris blew it is back to being a free agent as well. Interesting thing though, Detroit got rid of Matt Prater, right? Right. For cap reasons. Um, and when they went into camp this year, they had Randy Bullock, who's who's now kicking. The, the, the hamstring, uh, Randy Bullock, the legendary hamstring black, yeah. of course, that he missed the kick and pretended it was his hammy. Yeah, and Matt Wright, Mr. Wright, who kicked for Jacksonville uh, as we spot Wembley and won the game with 250 plus yarders in the quarter. So they, they, they then signed Austin Siebert Mm. who went on the COVID list and now has a hip injury or else he would be doing the kicking. But so they, they've had four guys 
so far or not. Well, we can't count Prater because they let him go. But but, um, you know, they, they've had three guys in who are all better th- than Santoro, obviously. Um, and uh, I, I just kept thinking of that Dan Campbell speech when he took over and how everybody was going to um, the clip from um, Monty, Monty Python in the Holy Grail with the night. Um, where they cut off his legs. And cut off his, <laughs> I was saying Santoro's kind of like that guy. You know, give me another chance, <laughs> Dan Campbell. We're going to bite off their knees. And Santoro's like, yeah, yeah, give me another chance. I'll bite off his knee. <laughs> uh, I wonder, I, do, when you hear all these kickers that, that are without a team, they kind of bounce around and just wait for the call. I often imagine they all live in a big house together. <laughs> practicing kicking. <laughs> it would it would be a great idea, you know, and, and yeah. IMG will probably do it next week now that you yeah, suggested let's make it. it. Let's make it. You know, yeah. The IMG kicker kicker academy, you know, uh, and then you just ring them up and they take 15%. <laughs> and I love it. Really, and it'd be I mean, a great reality show as well. I, I would watch that if a kid Oh, that would be good. Kickers that, without a team living in a house. I would that watch that. That would be good. What was on. who was it? Was it Logan Cook who got who got smashed um, with the stiff arm? Oh trying yeah, to make, trying to make a tackle. My buddy, my buddy, and, and threw him into the end zone. He threw him yeah. into the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> was it Larry Round? He's my buddy, though. He was blocking my view of the game when I was down on the sidelines in Jacksonville. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, the yeah, guy, yeah. the guy plays sixty minutes. <laughs> he was up. He was up taking snaps, going through the motions of punting, going through the motions of kicking. You know, throwing the ball back <laughs> yeah. all the whole game. He was ready. He yeah, was ready he was the whole the whole the whole way through. Leave kickers and punters alone, I'm like, hey, um, actually, I want to just jump back, if I may, to the Pats Bills because, uh, as we suggested, oh, uh, as we suggested that Serge, sorry, sorry, Sergio's, oh, Sergio's in. What's going on, mate? Sergio, Sergio Leone's giving me a call. Oh, I, was, I was at Sergio himself. It's incredible. I didn't. I know you're connected, Mike, but that's yeah, remarkable. Take your time. No, that's okay. <laughs> Um, the <laughs> when hey, colder when Clint when Clint calls when Clint Bad. calls you got to answer. It's not meant to be good as new film. Have you seen it? What uh, his new movie? No, Clint. no. I had I, I caught I think I caught the end of Commode. Uh, Commode? Commode was it about a ninety year old guy on the toilet. <laughs> no, <laughs> you've been in Mark there three. Commode. You've been in there three hours. <laughs> he just said how it's all. I had the word insipid, and then I saw the picture on the TV as I was in a hotel, and it was on as I was getting ready, and yeah, it didn't sound great. But uh, I want to ask you about the Pats Bills matchup specifically, right? Because uh, the, the the Pats can overtake them, as you said. They're only uh, only a game behind. They're playing them twice. How do the two sides match up? Because we talk about this a lot. And when the, the broader narrative of the playoff race and the power rankings and what we've got to start to look at now, of course, is, is specific matchups. A team might not be uh, as strong across the board in terms of depth, in terms of talent, but is it's a good fit for them to take them head on. How does this Pat side match up with this Bills side, do you think? It'll be very interesting because most of the time in the Josh Allen era, Belichick has, has tried to keep Allen in the pocket um, you know, as the as the first thing, and contain his receivers downfield, make make them earn. And they're not this year a great running team. Um, they're well, in fact, they they almost haven't been. You know, their offensive while, line, yeah. their offensive line is good but not great. You know, or decent but not great. So, I I think that that's what they'll continue to do. And and Buffalo and Buffalo and McDermott have been have been pretty good against Belichick. Uh, for the same reason they they mm. you know and they play pretty much the same style defense that they they've always played and it's a lot like carolina's old defense with with ron rivera and and you know mobile linebackers uh two deep zone which which is pretty much what everybody does now um you know the in the first part of the season they kept talking about how everyone had watched um the super bowl and and uh you know keeping keeping Tyreek Hill under control with a deep, a too deep shell. Uh, however you, however you cover uh, under underneath that. And most teams are doing that. You saw the Raiders uh, obviously had a problem with Kansas city because they didn't do that. They, they stuck to, to the kind of Seattle ish, you know, three man or one, one safety deep or, or cover three with the safe. And, and they got burned on yeah. that, but by, by Hill, um, you know, and twice Hill was open in the end. So it's like, you think you might want to cover him when you're in the red area, you know, just, just as, just as a kind of coaching point. Um, but what, what teams are doing now, um, 
and you're 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 seeing a lot you know is is the blitz zero kind of concept um which is it covers a lot of ground but but what you're seeing is six or seven or eight linemen all standing up at the line of scrimmage and the rest of the defensive backs you know in in a kind of shell behind them and no safety deep and you know the the problem the problem for the the quarterback is to try to identify which guys are rushing and which guys are dropping back into coverage yeah. and this has become incredibly popular in the last 3 weeks sort of you, <laughs> you see you see almost everybody trying to do a bit of it now um and so but i i think that you know you see it the patriots were doing it um you know um quite early early on the Bills, I doubt if they will. I think they'll stick to what they do best, and it tends to work against it. And they'll they'll try to pressure Mac Jones um, because, as I said, he's less effective against pressure. Um, and the Patriots' one flaw overall is that they are not a deep passing team. So you again with a cover two team like like the Bills, you don't need to have your safeties playing that deep because the real threat is going to come from crossing receivers or or, or shorter patterns. And now is that by obviously by design because it, it, it's working for them? Is that because there is skepticism about Max Arm? Do they not have that? downfield threat i mean Aguilar obviously is in the mix but i mean Aguilar's they- in the mix but Aguilar is not really a true deep receiver and and um i don't want to say he's got a hands problem because in in las vegas last year he didn't um but you know that was his history um but he's not really that i take the top off the defense kind of guy because he doesn't have that that speed and 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 ring. but um jones is a lot like brady in many ways. I mean, I've said that right from the start, you know, a perfect fit in that sense. Right. Um, he can throw a deep ball. He doesn't have that. His arm doesn't jump out at you as having that kind of um, explosive, explosive deep ball thing, but he throws the deep ball pretty well um, when he has to, but to throw the deep ball, he needs to be protected because in that combination, if you're trying to go deep and you're under pressure is, is fatal for, for any rookie quarterback really, but, but has been for him, uh so far so far this season and you know he's got enough zip on the intermediate throws yeah uh you know he was really laying the ball in well um like again um against cleveland and uh so that's you know i think that's what they'll stick to and it'll be they'll be good games i'm really looking forward to those games yeah, me too. Um, you know because you try to play run first against the bills and they're they're pretty solid um on on that on that sort of thing but i think what we've also seen the last couple of weeks is is just how good Belichick's game planning can still be, right? And and Josh McDaniels' play calling when it works, you know, it works. Um, but they 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 were prepared for Cleveland, and Cleveland wasn't really prepared for them. Yeah, I, I I've been maintaining it all season long that count out the Patriots, your peril is getting stronger and stronger, and it's playing out that way. I re- I'm with you, Mike. Really looking forward to those two those two matchups. I, I'm, we're going to wrap with some mailbag because we've got a good bumper mailbag. Oh, good. Um, Here's one uh, I particularly enjoyed from Will Thomas. Hey, Will, uh, he says incredible that after he says incredible that after well over a decade of working together, you and me, I Mike, uh, Carlson Sports chooses last week to showcase his impressions. Is an NFL theme spitting image in the works? So that's another t- show we, we talked about. Right? I don't think we should look at look at trying to get that going. Uh, so Will enjoyed your impressions last week. I hope you enjoyed his cam impression earlier. I, I think that was the cam impression you opened the show with. Or- sort of. It was more Chucky. It was more sort of the Chucky from Chuck, the movies. Chucky. But yeah. Ah, okay. I was, yeah. I thought you I'm might a, be sneezing. Yeah. I've always admired the impressionists, the painters more yeah. than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's another show right there. The impressionist, impressionist doing impressionist. Uh, the let's go to oh, this is a good one uh, from MJ. Hey, MJ, Uh, if the Lions and Steelers have been allowed to carry on playing, when would one of them have finally won? (laughs) That's that's a, you know, over under on that. Do we think uh, there was 10 minutes of the over under would be two days. Uh, You know, it's like that's another one we should think another um, modification or improvement on the NFL we could do is is running the NFL like six day bicycle races um, or dance marathons where the last. (laughs) The last pair standing, uh, you know, win. Um, what are you suggesting that they? How many punts were there in that game? Ooh. Was it fifteen combined? Double I digits. Mean, yeah, there were there were a lot of punts. You were fifteen um, in overtime, I think, Mike. Uh, if I remember <laughs> right. Would you yeah. like this idea of taking up the old 
the suggestion with with football of instead of penalty a penalty shootout or, or have a golden goal but keep taking a player off every minute uh maybe that could work in the nfl as well six aside six yeah. aside football maybe they could play flag football in the, yeah. in, but you know i i really i we i've had this we've had this discussion many times i really got sick of all the people complaining about the tie you know like they want right. to go to you know in college now they the 25 yard four downs overtime. If if they do two and it, no one scores, they then go to two point conversions. Mm. So they put the ball at the, at the two yard line and then, and then each team has one play has to score and they yeah. keep doing that yeah. till somebody scores. It's so unsatisfying as a way, yeah. as a way to decide a game. And um, my, although the, in that Pittsburgh game, my favorite bit um, when uh, Igwe, Igwe Buki, Buki, yeah. Um, had that long touchdown run uh, without which the game would have been really dead. Did you see Minka Fitzpatrick uh, playing safety? And, and basically as he comes up to him and Nick throws a little move, Minka falls backwards onto his butt. <laughs> and oh. is, li- is just lying there on his back as, as he runs past. I said, that was, that was my favorite moment of, of the whole weekend. Minka is not going to And I like Minka. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't want to. No, be- I know, but hey, apps the best yeah. of us. Minka. You know, uh- if Mason Rudolph had played any worse, I think he would have changed his name to Rudolph Mason, you know, and, and then come back as a different guy next week. <laughs> Do I recognize you with a really bad fake tash? Uh, okay. Here's one from uh, Taib. Worst roster, he asks. It's got to be the Lions, isn't it? Because um, the uh, I'm not sh- yes, I, I think I think it's gotta be because you know, but but I think the Jets are in are, are in some kind of contention there, but the Lions don't really look. Although it's different personnel, they seem to have the same kind of problem as as they did last year, which is looking very slow um, compared compared to their opponents. Um, now, in fairness, there's what two or three games that they were in, and you know had a chance of winning, you know, and and just couldn't couldn't close out, or they got beat by a long field goal and was sixty yarder, I think, in in one game. You know, this game mm-hmm. they obviously should have won. I thought I thought um, on on the road in Pittsburgh, um, and should have won as in deserve to win. Deserve to win, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, if you can bring the Steelers down to your level, which is basically what happened, and the Steelers, to be fair, were not playing at a high level before that, but their defense has has been keeping them keeping them in games. But if you can bring the Steelers down to that level, you, you sort of, um, you sort of deserve, deserve to win the jets. Um, well, it's like against Buffalo. They just look, they just looked horrible. They, mm. and, and their defense, which is, which should be their strong point. Cause they've got a good front and Robert Saleh is a defensive coach, but they've given up, you know, three games in a row. They've just given up a ton of points and a ton of yards um, to, to everybody. Let um, me ask you on the on you know, the Jets. Do you know hey, one just one point because uh, a trivia point. And I don't come up with this myself, obviously. Um, but the last time Cleveland won a game in New England, who was their coach? Oh, oh, well, I mean, that's a loaded question. It was Belichick? Yeah, yeah, it was ninety one, I believe. Ninety one. <laughs> Old school. Uh, hey, Mike, uh, you surprised 10 points of me for getting the trivia question, right? Uh, I, what was I going to ask you now? You, oh, yes. I was oh, ask. Houston. Houston. <laughs> well, sorry. No. Yeah. Mike, Mike's brain works slow. I mean, Houston's got, I may have the least talented roster in the league. Houston v. Detroit is a game we would love to see. Uh, yeah. Just perennial overtime of Houston v. Detroit. The uh, Zach Wilson, that's what I was going to ask you about. So Zach attack. And Zach comes back uh, for what? four five games what is when is he due back actually soon isn't he right i think it's quite soon um uh, you know a handful of games this season and let's just say i don't want to be uh overtly negative but let's say he is abysmally bad he's been out for a while he had a tough time before with maybe one exception uh and he's terrible they're not going to move on from him are they they're not going to look at a kind of josh rosen well i mean i know josh rosen that was that was because uh, of the change with Kingsbury and, and Kyler became available. So it was a situation, but they're not going to move on from him after one season. If he's terrible, when he comes back, are they just going to say rookies are bad most of the time, even when he's that bad? Or do you think that there's a real possibility he could lose the gig? Um, well, I mean, by then Mike White might be quarterbacking in new Orleans or, <laughs> or Houston. Um, you don't have to, you know, they're not going to dump him because they made him a high 
draft a high draft pick and they paid him that first round that first round money you can conceivably bring in a veteran quarterback on a one year deal or or whatever you know not not necessarily commit to him and give Zach a chance to learn on you know learn on the on the bench um cuz obviously he's not ready uh, yeah, you know, right. he, or he hasn't been ready. So, so being out is probably a good thing for uh, a good thing for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're a bad team with a rookie quarterback, and and it's going to accentuate accentuate his faults uh, more than anything else. So they're not they're not going to move away from him. Um, I doubt Mike White's the answer, um, mm-hmm. but there there might be. You know, it's a kind of fit situation, although there aren't many fitzes around. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, it's just the kind of thing where if he were a free agent and healthy next year, they they could they might sign him for the one year, um, the one year deal. You know, just to put or you know or someone like uh, I don't know who who could be who else could be available. You know, who who could be, stop be able to do it? Yeah, um, Tua. You know. It, um, but, but, yeah. <laughs> Two is not going to go there. Uh, on, you, we know, actually, know. Mike, on, on the quarterback, uh, another quarterback, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy could be a good, yeah, maybe, you know, Brissett, I guess, or yeah. I get um, one more for you on a, a quarterback question that we asked on, I think it was me and Propo on the Edge Rush show. Um, and it's been on my mind, to be honest, for a while. And I know he had a shocking game. We probably jinxed him, actually, um, because we were saying how well Matt Ryan was playing this season, despite everything. And and then, of course, the Falcons uh, capitulate and collapse and Ryan has, a, has his worst game of the season. But that's one game and he's had a good season and he can still clearly play at a high level. Could you see a Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford bounce and Ryan goes to a contender next season and if well, so it's funny you be? it's funny you say that because i was talking last night with a friend of mine and i said um to me matt ryan and matt stafford are almost the same guy right um they're both great great passers very courageous players you know they they stay in the pocket they hang in they show up every week uh they play with with small in, you know small injuries and they both have a habit of possibly because of the context of their teams, which have been sometimes good, but never great. Um, and in Stafford's case, usually, you know, usually worse, than, worse than good, but sometimes good. Um, trying to do too much, you might say, in the fourth quarters and throwing mm-hmm. throwing leads away and and um, that kind of thing. So um, it's 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 hard to to consider because if you're Atlanta, you you don't have anything to replace Ryan right now, and if you're going to um, to draft a quarterback in in this coming year, you would be much better off keeping Ryan mm-hmm. um, for another year at least, you know, to to ease him in um, yeah. if that if that's the plan. I, I I'm thinking of Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, um, you know, in that context. Love clearly is not ready, um, but Ryan might be a a more um what would you say um engaged instructor <laughs> yes. than than, than AR, handled, than AR yeah. might might have been i i don't know because i'm not there but um but that's the thing but yeah i think it's a good point um because stafford does not he, he lets them do stuff that they that they wanted to do but if you can't protect him in the pocket that's not going to be the big advantage to you that you want you want to do i mean the reason they got rid of goff is primarily because he's not a great pocket passer. You really have to move him out of the pocket. And that's not what Sean McVay want, wanted to do. And Detroit is discovering what everyone else knew and said that Goff is not the answer on a bad team. You know, you, he can, I think he can be an effective quarterback on a good team, which he's right. shown with, right. with the Rams, but he wasn't effective enough um, for, for uh, McVay's liking. But you put him on a bad team that can't protect him. And, and mm. he, he just, he's, he's not good enough to do that. You know, he, he doesn't stand up and under fire the way mm. a Stafford or a Ryan does. Couldn't handle it. Brilliant stuff. I am Mike at Carlson Sports is how you follow the big man on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson, FMTE. Let's let's wait for this week and the masked receiver. <laughs> oh yeah, that's I love that. Keep those uh wrestling angles going, Mike. Love that. Um, what are you gonna be writing about this week? Have you thought about that yet? Um, yeah, I probably about how things are different than than um what I wrote about last week. Uh, you know, trying to evaluate the season at the halfway point and put things into context. Um, but yeah, you know, I was talking about 
November, December being it's tough football time. Mm-hmm. It's when you it's when the line play becomes you know much more important and the team the teams that can um play in bad weather, you know, which some sites still have, um, you know, do well. And and as Belichick was saying, it used to be that September was like the learning time. It was like an extension of preseason. And the Patriots would go two and two in September and you know and everyone would say they're finished. You know, <laughs> and now I think I think that's extended through October as well. Right. And I thought that we were starting to see teams be what they're going to be. But right now, as I said at the beginning of the show, I think the, the key thing is is controlling the ball. Teams are realizing that that ball control and and winning the clock battle is is really important now and kicking extra points. <laughs> helps. Kind of helps, doesn't it, if you can kick an extra point. Brilliant stuff, bud. Um make sure you check out Iron Mike stuff and you'll be back same time, same place next week. Uh to the back of week eleven. Look after Okay. Always a pleasure catching up with Iron Mike. We will be back same time, same place next week with him. But before all that, Shane Vereen, Super Bowl winner, dropping by a bit later on this week. Uh, show favorite. Uh, all pro lineup because we're going to have Ben Isaacs for college days. That show is rolling. A lot of you really enjoying that. And I'm glad to see uh, he is doing a fine job on that. As is Propo, the Unders King of Plumpton. The Edge Rush train keeps on rolling uh, i don't want to talk about the drew lock of the week we just have to go and tune into edge rush and see if i can somehow get back in that game because right now i'm up against it right now i am staring down the barrel kind of like the seattle seahawks i'm not going to make the the playoffs at this rate on edge rush unless i can turn it around but i believe i believe i will i think this is my week uh so that's all coming make sure if you haven't already you subscribe to us uh, uh, whichever pod platform you listen to. Uh, big shout out to all of you who, uh, who've left reviews. Uh, keep They keep on coming in and we really appreciate it because it helps us uh, algorithmically, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> it helps us spread the word. Our sponsors like it. Uh, we like it, frankly. Uh, we appreciate you taking time to let us know what you think of the show because we put a lot into giving it to you and we love having you along for the ride. So wherever you're listening to us, appreciate that. If you have 30 seconds a minute, uh, that would be uh, much, much appreciated uh, at the NC Show. Our social channels, you know what? I'm all out of plugs. I'm getting out of dodge. We'll see you next time. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.